Well, hello. You are listening to the Swinging Flamingo Podcast. This is a sexually explicit podcast, and you must be 18 to listen unless you want to share an awkward listening experience with your parents. This is not professional advice. This is our opinion based on our journey through the swinging lifestyle. So, are you ready to flamingo with us? Hi guys, welcome back. I'm Lee. And I'm Kimmy. Hello everyone. And you are listening to the Swinging Flamingo podcast, episode number 36. I know, I can't believe it. I think, what is this, August? I don't even know what month we're in. Everything's running together. It's been a crazy summer, and I think we're on the downhill at the moment. Yeah, I think we get a break a little bit for the next couple of weeks. You say that, but in addition to everything that's been going on as far as travel, you're taking in stray kids now. Yes. We have been super busy. We have a family member coming to live with us, and I went back to work also, so that's kind of a lot for us. We have a lot going on, let me put it that way. Summers are always busy, but this one's been super crazy, and we really haven't even been able to get our feet under us like we normally do. Yeah, it's definitely been a different one for us. I don't, I don't know why. We've actually taken the last two weekends off and spent time together going on dates. We actually went to the Bishop Arts District today and had a few mimosas and hit some thrift stores and kitschy little stores and did some people watching. Yeah, that's a really neat area. If you're in the Dallas area, definitely check that out. It's different. Little bars and it's so different than a lot of the other ones. It's not really hipster, but it's not really uppity. It's just fun. Yeah. We went to the movies. Finally got to see Top Gun and Thor. And I like Top Gun. I did too. It tied a lot of the stuff from our childhood together and finished it out. Thor was good. Not great, but it was well worth a couple hours investment. Like I said, it's been good for us to do a little bit of recommitting to each other after everything that's been going on the last few months. Yeah, it's always good to reconnect because, you know, sometimes you can get so caught up in the lifestyle stuff and you forget about each other. Granted, everything's leveling off, but we still have a few big events coming up. With that said, let's go ahead and bring up that we have Podbash coming up in two more months. Yeah, I think we're over 200 people right now. Like, there's a lot. Yeah, things have been really active and people are coming in from all over. We just had an event two weekends ago that we'll talk about next month, but we got to hang out with a bunch of people that will be joining us in Florida for Podbash at an Oklahoma City pool party. Yeah, that one was fun. Let's uh, talk a little bit about an event we were hyping up for some time and everybody else hops up and that's Naughty New Orleans. I think that's going to be the focus of today's episode. It's so funny because I feel like that was so long ago, but it was actually just a couple weeks ago. We were taking a few minutes to jot down some notes, and we're like, holy shit, that was a crazy freaking event. It was a little bit different this year, though, just as a whole different. I've noticed that a lot of the stuff is different after COVID. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I mean, everyone's starting to get out and starting to go to stuff, but just the feel of stuff is different, and I can't quite figure out what it is. Do you think it's because there's a new crowd coming in that discovered lifestyle or swinging during COVID? Yeah, and that could be it. So it just changes up the vibe of stuff. We said that after Naughty, and we'll cover that in this episode, but we didn't see the usual, what we say, cast of characters there at Naughty. We met a ton of new people. A lot of people we spoke to, this was literally their first event. And it was fun, but they were a little more, I don't want to say low key. It wasn't as hyped up and we got to go do this, let's go. You know, like everyone was a little more low key. Well, the event was, 
I would say almost as big as prior years based, oh, yeah. based on the classes and bar parties and all that. I know the two years prior were very down, but I think it was just uh, maybe there was a difference in a thousand people and you know, one less hotel. Maybe that was the difference. Yeah. Well, and we worked the playrooms and they were busy from the moment they opened to the moment they shut. Like, it was insane this year. I mean, because we've played in the playroom. So, I mean, obviously, we hit the playrooms every year. But this was our first time working it. And it was just nonstop. Like, I can't say in all the years we've gone that we've seen it this crazy. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that may have been the difference is we were actually working it and somewhat involved in it with our ambassadorship. So, I think that might have changed our view on it a little bit. Yeah, maybe so. But it was definitely a still the high-quality event. It has been in the past. It rebounded from the down years, and it's back on the uphill. Oh, yeah. Bob and Tess, like we say every time, I'm impressed with every event that they do. They just run a good ship. Let's get in the trip. We basically went down on a Monday and stayed through the following Sunday, and we won't give you every little nugget we ate or every footstep we took, but let's cover a lot of this. There was a lot going on, a lot of good stories from it. What's weird is that we normally, you worked down there that week and you didn't do that this time. You actually were on vacation the whole time. So that was a little bit different for us. And Monday actually fell on 4th of July. So I was excited thinking, ooh, we're going to watch these big fireworks down there. Because we have gone down there for New Year's and some different events. But what did you think of the fireworks show? I think I've blown up better shit in our backyard than (laughs) the city of New Orleans did for their firework display. Which was bizarre because the park was packed, jam-packed full of people. But we were just like, that was it. And a lot of people sitting around us in the park kind of said the same shit. It was literally 10 minutes long. And I said I would have been so disappointed if I would have drove all the way down there to go to 4th of July there, and it was 10 minutes. Like, seriously. It took us longer to walk from our hotel to the park and find a chair than it did for the fireworks to go off. Yeah, I was thinking, all right, this is just the the pre-fireworks. Nope. Yeah, the grand finale was lackluster, to put it, <laughs> to put it mildly. <laughs> now, with the firework display, do you remember the guy that was taking pictures in the middle of it? Oh, yeah, because I filmed it the whole time. It was so funny. So there was a guy, he had his, I want to say it was his daughter, filming him. And he was doing like a cheers with a bottle of champagne every time one would go up. But he couldn't get a good picture because of the the lighting and everything. So every time for 10 minutes, he kept trying to get a new picture. Get a new picture. He'd go over and look at the phone. Get a new picture. So I recorded it. We don't usually make fun of people, but it was amusing looking at him <laughs> trying to get it just right because he was all dressed up in his little business attire and had the champagne glass and a bottle and was doing his cheers the whole time looking like a tool out in the middle of everybody. Hopefully he got one good fucking picture for all that work. We should have just offered him the videos we took of him <laughs> making fun of them. We probably could have got a better one than what they did. It was so funny, though, because he was trying, and I was like, just turn a little bit. Just move over here down by the street light, and you would have got a better picture. <laughs> well, I got a chuckle. There were some older people sitting by us, and after it was done, they were literally like, was that it? They said, we walked all the way up here for that. <laughs> traffic getting out there was a nightmare, which traffic in and out of the French Quarter is a bitch as it is, but yeah, holy crap, the backups and the families and... Everything else going on on a Monday night was just insane. That's why we walked. I was going to say we had a good room, but uh, oh my God, I had a little bit of a tantrum. Okay, so here is the question. (laughs) Go ahead. If you have to ask yourself out loud, am I being a Karen? Guess what? You're definitely being a Karen. 
You're being a Felicia. Because remember, that was the pre-Karens. Bye, Felicia. Yes, that's what I needed to go. But I had a right to. Do you agree? Oh, I didn't care. Side with your, side with your husband. <laughs> so basically what, what happened here is when we were going down a few days early for this, prior to going to the Astor Crown Plaza, where Naughty New Orleans was, we were going to get a balcony room there in New Orleans, take some balcony pictures and whatnot. And the one little boutique-style hotel that was new that I picked, when we got there, they said, okay, you're in room number 123. And I said, I hey, I paid for a balcony room. How am I on the first floor of the balcony? And they said, well, the three balcony rooms we have, the AC is out. So you're on one. So I was pissed, needless to say. So the, the room was lackluster for the money. I thought it uh, was nice. Uh, Had a little courtyard. We could have done really cool pictures and done stuff, but you were just being a little tit baby. And so you were done for the week. We didn't take any pictures all week because you were upset about it. No, we didn't. Okay. I disagree, but moving forward. Mm-hmm. But after deciding I didn't like the room, I went back to ask if they can move me. And I told them, I was like, look, you had six hotels within your chain. Move me to one of those. So then they start, well, we're not really set up to do that. We don't have the authority to do that. And after a while, I, I came down off my bitchiness. But I was a little pissed. When we were packing up and leaving. <laughs> when it was time to go. <laughs> yep. They just I asked for something simple and they fucked it up. You've got to learn to let it go. Let it go. You can go sing your Disney tunes, let it go. I'm going to say, fuck this, give me my goddamn balcony. <laughs> but the high point of all that was not only did I not have a balcony room, the room next door had a bunch of screaming fucking kids. And they were screaming till three or four in the damn morning was the bad part. So... Needless to say, my blood pressure was through the roof. And then you had to crawl up to get in bed. Yeah, for whatever reason, this bed was four and a half foot tall. It was chest level to get into. Now, I'm short, so I'm used to kind of having to crawl up. No, we literally had to put a chair, crawl up on the frame to get up. I have a picture. The top of the mattress is underneath my boob. Now, see if we'd had a balcony room, that wouldn't have been an issue. See, if we would have took pictures, we would have had a cool picture of it underneath my boob. Okay, well, we'll compromise next time. How's mm-hmm. that? So, other than fireworks and shitty room, not much happened Monday. Yeah. Eight, eight and a half, nine hour, ten hour drive down. That was about it. We were pretty chill that day. Well, I was. I was my normal, friendly self. <laughs> yeah. So, the next day, which was Tuesday, basically started our work week with the event. So, we got checked in and started setting up for the playrooms. Actually, I set up and you were downstairs. Yeah, I got lucky and drew a <laughs> registration and there was nothing going on day one and Finally, Tess said, you know, if you have somewhere else you can go. I said, well, Kimmy's working the playroom and set up. So I said, I'll just go join her. So I basically pulled double shift that day. Yeah, but we went in and knocked out those mattresses. (laughs) We had two rooms set up before our shift leader boss came and told us to reset them up. Now, while we say Bob and Tess run a smooth ship, Bob is a perfectionist. Next time you go to one of his events, look around at the playrooms or whatever, he is very... Spot-on perfectionist, which is what I like working about him. But I got to say, the shift leaders that are under him or the shift leaders he finds are... We've never had good luck with any of them. Well, and they weren't there when Bob was up there telling us what to do. So then our group, because it was actually our group from the cruise, they all were there also setting up. So they went into the room with us and we all set all the beds up. We set everything up. And then Bob was happy with it. And then the leader came up there and was like, oh, no, we're changing it up. We're like, what? 
That is not what Bob said. Well, the bad part is between the five shift leaders or floor leaders or whatever, each one of them had a different way. And Bob literally had schematics drawn out. Here's where I want these 10 beds. Here's where the curtains go. Here's where the light goes down to a T. And they would come in and one of them, would, you know, one of them looked at ours and said, oh, yeah, that's perfect. And then his wife came in and said, oh, no, I don't want it like that. And you and I were like, we, your husband literally just told us this is how he wants it. Well, I want it this way. And it's like, guys, we're, we're working our asses in circles. You know, yeah. If you guys would get on the same fucking page, this would be over and done. I think yep. that's been our main frustration with everything is too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Yeah. Well, and then one of the leaders, she came in. She came in like an hour late. And then she was all trying to tell us to pretty much take the curtains down and take everything down, rearrange it and do this and that. And I looked at it and I said, no, you can fucking do it. This is what Bob said. Well, if any of y'all got to play in the illuminated room, the sparkly room, Kimmy and I set that one up literally by ourselves, us and one other guy. We had it knocked out. We had it looking good. The shift leader said, hey, I like this. It looks good. Bob came in, gave his seal of approval. And then the one leader's wife came in and said, oh, we need to change all this. And I, you know, we both she said. She wasn't a wife. That lady wasn't the okay. wife. Okay. We literally said, Bob just said, Bob gave us his seal of approval. So uh, you find another her, crew. Yeah, I told her she can fucking do it. I was over her real quick. So that was just one of the. I guess downfalls of it. We've enjoyed our times as ambassadors and we'll definitely do it again. But man, they need some organization on that level, on the mid-management level, like yeah. anywhere else. So what else did we do that day? Well, we went out with all the crews, former ambassadors. We all hung out and went out that evening. One of their birthdays was happening. We started at the uh, Bourbon House for dinner, yep. which we showed up a little bit late and they had a big table reserved and I got all them started on the bourbon milk punch. Yep. Made whiskey whiskey milkshake drinkers out of them. And oysters. I laughed. Somebody was paying the tab, and she was like, I'll, I'll pay the tab on my credit card. Everybody can just give me cash, which nobody's really carrying enough cash to cover their part of the dinner. So we all PayPal'd or Venmo'd her. And on the Venmo, I put X amount of money out for escort services. So later the next day, one of her family members saw that, and they said, well, I hope you're worth more than $100 as far as escort <laughs> services. That's crazy. I didn't know that you could see what people put on that stuff. Yeah, that's why I always put escort services. <laughs> Anybody that looks at my history is like, Levi's a lot of escorts. That's why I just pay cash. Well, so then after we ate, we took them down to a little bar that we love. It's called The Dungeon. It's kind of off Bourbon Street. Like it's kind of, I don't want to say like down an alley, but it feels like it's down an alley. And it's literally like a dungeon in there. The only problem was is since it was a weeknight, the music was so loud. But the bartender was amazing, and security guard was amazing, and... Our group was amazing. It started kind of getting sexy between the six or nine of us there at that place pretty quick, especially with all the drinks flowing. All the drinks. I thought it was birthday boy was supposed to only drink, but I think the rest of us were keeping up with the birthday boy. Normally, you get the birthday boy drunk, not us. We were all pretty sauced, so I think we were ready to get a start on the week. But then we asked the bartender if there was somewhere that a little more low-key, kind of quieter... So he gave us this secret password, and then we went down the street and walked up to this bartender, and I gave her the secret password. Then she took us into a... Yeah, she goes, behind that door to the right. We're like, okay, that's weird. We had no idea where we were going. For a little speakeasy that he recommended. Yeah, he said, tell her vampire sent you. And then our girl was like, Wolverine, Wolverine. <laughs> And we're like, quit saying that. He goes, yeah, if you say that, they're not going to let you in there. So anyways, we walk through this, we walk upstairs and we go th through this door after giving them the, the secret code again upstairs. And there's like 
brooms on the ceiling. There's tarot card reader. There was all kinds of different little things going on in this little speakeasy. It was actually really cool. The holograms of the ghosts on the wall was pretty cool. Yeah. Because it was all gothic and dark and... Again, like you said, a lot of witchcraft stuff and so on. So It was definitely different. And everyone was like, what are you bringing us to? <laughs> but the drinks were strong and cheap, which was nice. Yes. You know, it was, wasn't the typical clip joint of Bourbon Street. Yeah. So we set out on the balcony after a while. So the seven of us found a quiet little corner and settled in with some drinks. And we're getting to know each other better, which we've been this group on the cruise. We've told a couple stories about them in, in, in the cruise episode. But we've interacted with them on Facebook and we're kind of wanting to step things up a notch. I think we were kind of wanting to play with one couple in particular that we missed out on on the cruise. But being in a quiet situation like that was a good opportunity to get settled in and know each other a little better. Yeah, it was a little more intimate setting than, you know, some of the other bars that we do down there. Well, and the noise wasn't like the dungeon. We all found a a couple couches that were close together, which put us all in each other's laps, literally. So it kind of upped the game a little bit. Yeah. Well, there after a bit, I think he suggested that you and him go out to the balcony, right? No, I said, let's go check out the tarot card reader because there was a chick there doing that. And so he wanted to go with me. And then he was like, let's go out because he was kind of getting hot in there. So we separated ourselves and went out there. Which from my standpoint, I'm like, hey, you're being a man, taking my wife away. Good job on that. (laughs) Kind of like we say, invite and isolate. Yep. Which it also gave me a little bit of a chance to get... A little closer with her. Uh, we brought them up on the cruise episode, and she and I just never really hit it real good. Well, you weren't sure because she's not really standoffish, but she's, she's not, not. She's like you. She's not big on PDA, and yes. it said so. She's not your typical alpha female you go after. Well, she is alpha, but she's not real forward on. Yeah, in public. In public stuff, which is sometimes you know hard. I see why guys have such trouble with you when you're not getting a good reading. It takes a little bit, but once he went outside with you and y'all were doing your thing, she kind of traded places where she was kind of sitting halfway on my lap and we kind of had her hand on my inner leg. And I'm like, okay, there's something going on here. She's not yeah. being polite. And she was even chatting with me quite a bit more than she was the other people in the group. So I said, okay, this is going somewhere. Then our other people in the group went to the bathroom together and we almost all got kicked out and I had to smooth that over. I forgot about that part. Young people. They were supposedly fucking, but you think they were... Passed out or arguing. Yeah, I think they were arguing. And she kept saying, they're not supposed to be doing that in the bathroom together. And I was like, I don't think that they're doing anything but arguing. Because the girl seemed upset when she came out. Yeah, we'll talk about them getting upset a little bit more as we go. (laughs) That was the first argument (laughs) of the week. (laughs) Actually, there's probably a couple. So (laughs) that might be a recurring theme, come to think of it. Yep. But while you and him were outside, she and I went to the bar to get another drink. And at one point, I was like, okay, I'm just going to try my luck. And finally just asked if I could kiss her. And she and I had a pretty nice little kiss there at the bar. And something was said by the bartender about, you're not his wife, right? And she's like, no, my husband's out there with his wife. And the bartender said, oh, okay. And something came up about lifestyle. She's like, I'm Polly. So she's like, what y'all are doing is not a big freak out to me. She yeah. said, I was just seeing that, you know, y'all came in kind of separately and then coupled off and then switched. So I just had to ask what was going on. <laughs> it's nice when you can do that in an environment like New Orleans and not be looked at strange like you would in Dallas most of the time. Yeah, people freak out. Oh, my gosh. They're out. The other partners are out there. They're all doing this, you know, cheating on each other. They're, that's what people like to do. So we joined y'all out on the balcony after a bit, and the rest of the group came out too. We stood out there for a long time, yeah. just people watching. And it was actually kind of a dead night on Bourbon Street. It was... It was a Tuesday, so there's yeah. not much going on. But we decided we'd 
call it a night. Since we all had to work the next morning. Yeah. So as we're making it back down towards the corner of Bourbon and Canal, the other younger couple. Fight number two happens. Starts having a little, <laughs> a little <laughs> rub. And it, it wasn't a big drama thing. And, you know, it was one of those that if you didn't know them or had been around them a little bit, you wouldn't have really seen it happening. No. But the couple we were with, plus the one single woman, they're just like, hey, they're, they're adults. There's the hotel. They're safe. Let them do their thing. We're not going to sit here and entertain this bullshit that they're going through. Well, we just made sure they got, they bickered for a little bit, and then they got in the Uber. <laughs> As I mentioned prior to this trip, we were talking to this couple via Facebook, and I bring up the fact, hey, we would love to give you a tour of our room and or drinks. And they said, yeah, you know, we're down. So we get back to the hotel, and we were still across the street at the hotel, and we're standing outside their hotel and all kind of chatting. And the single woman that was with us, she kind of, I think she realized that the four of us were trying to seal a deal. And she's like, well, I guess I'm just going to go to bed by myself tonight, good night, and left. So that left us standing there talking with the one couple. And at one point, it started turning into the, well, what have y'all got going on tomorrow? Well, what about this? What about this? And we and then other people coming out of the hotel yeah. stopped and Started chatting with us. Which ate up you know another 30 or 40 minutes of time. So then we're just kind of like, okay, it's not happening. They may not be into us or whatever. They might just be polite. So we called it a night and let them go back in the hotel and headed down towards ours, which now the story gets interesting. It's not interesting, and I can't believe you're telling this story. <laughs> this is great. Let me just ask you. First time you went to New Orleans, what was the one thing you noticed? The smell of urine. So building off that, what did you do to add to the city's charm? I gave them some nice smelling urine. We were walking and I said, I've got to pee. Which, which, which you had a two and a half block walk to the hotel. It wasn't like we're walking across town. No, I got to fucking pee now. So I squatted right there on on the street, on the sidewalk and peed. (laughs) And I'm like, you're not fucking pissing on the sidewalk here. today." (laughs) I was appalled. I've dated some skanky chicks, but this was the first for me. (laughs) When you got to go, you got to go sometimes. At least it was just pee. And it didn't smell like urine. It smelled oh, nice good. and sweet. Oh, that's great. I was, I was going to bring up the issue in the first two days was flooding there at the hotel. And <laughs> you pretty much added to the flooding in the street. That what's crazy is while I'm sitting there going, you are not pissing in the fucking street. There's a couple that's like two blocks down. And I'm like, I can't tell which direction these people are walking. You're I didn't like, have my glasses on. like, don't walk this way. Don't walk oh, this way. Oh, my God. Luckily, they were going the other direction. But... <laughs> It happens. Uh, now I can say I've pissed in the streets. <laughs> I was just, well, it sounded like somebody just poured a bucket. I'm like, you didn't just piss in the street, did you? And you're like, yes, you did. Good job, babe. You make me proud sometimes. This wasn't it, but you make me proud sometimes. <laughs> when you got to go, you got to go. Well, apparently you had to go. <laughs> Damn it. Well, at least nobody caught it. <laughs> no. So Wednesday, we finish setting up finally, get the rooms ready to go for the play and it actually went together pretty fast after that. Was Wednesday when they did the open house in the playrooms? Yeah, that night. Yep. That was the opening night of the playrooms. Yep. So after we had our little strikeout with the couple and things just didn't come together, that morning I actually messaged them and said, hey, maybe we're not being specific enough. We would love to play with you guys. And I also messaged and I said, hey, it's not going to change our friendship if not, but we don't want to be on your tail all week if y'all aren't interested. It's not like we're out here trying to notch beds or anything like that, but I said, hey, we're wanting to play. If y'all are down, we're totally in. And he came back and said, okay, why don't we play between setup and our first shift? We're like, hey, that was freaking easy. Yep. So I think we actually went to lunch between shifts and then went back to the bedrooms. Yep. Or their bedroom, rather. We went day drinking, but I can't remember where. 
So when we first got in there, they were asking us if we want some drinks and it was just kind of lingering because I was sitting on the bed with him. Okay, let me jump in here about drinks. She and I were talking the night before about being addicts of White Monster. And she pulled out a couple and she said, she said, uh, I've got a couple here and I've got one for you, but she said, I'm gonna make you earn it before you get your white monster from me. And I was like, damn, I like the way this is going. And you guys are just sitting there chatting about white monsters. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, so what's your rules? And they were like, what? Cause I was like, come on, we didn't come in here for monsters. Rawr. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I felt like a monster when I left and we'll explain why in a second. Yeah, this gets good. Well, no, it doesn't get good. It goes, it goes bad from here. Well, after you had the rules, we all basically said our rules are condoms and no anal. And they're like, perfect. And then the clothes started flying, which was nice because, again, it was kind of lagging. And we were kind of worried that we we're going to have another replay from the night before. Yeah, we're being a little more forward. <laughs> we're just like, hey, this is what we're here for. Let's quit fucking around. We've all agreed we want to. So it's it started off pretty good. That started with me going down on her and think you going down on him which we were both in separate beds sometimes we play separate beds sometimes we dog pile it but this one they had two beds and it just seemed like a better fit yep you're usually pretty quiet when you go down on somebody but i heard you slurping and gagging look over <laughs> and you got a big mouthful me and her were both kind of like damn she's making a lot of noise over there <laughs> i'm not always quiet sometimes i'm quiet i don't even know what you guys were doing i wasn't even paying attention to be honest you were in your own little world. Yep. I was in my own zone. And I even asked her to join at one point. We tag teamed on him a little bit. Well, one thing we found, and I think we need to keep this in mind, is I've heard people say that before they start playing, they go ahead and open condoms. Yeah. So I know when some guys get into it and then they start fighting with condoms, they start to lose their mojo a little bit. I think that happened to him for a minute that uh, he was fucking with condoms and couldn't get them open, which I have that trouble at times, which I was actually kind of hanging back and taking a drink and... I think that's when you asked her to come in and tag team on them. Yeah. I was kind of hanging back watching, and I think I really realized how much I like watching you play kind of without me at times. Yeah, I don't think you've ever really watched me play like that. No, because it was you and her on him, and I'm just like, hey, this is pretty hot. And I was also trying to cool off and get a drink, too. Yeah, and so we played for a long time kind of without you. Yeah, and I was, <laughs> I was fine with it. I was like, hey, this is fun putting on a show. I didn't really want to stand there and jerk off like a freak, and it wasn't, but uh, I was like, yeah, y'all are, are cool, and he didn't seem to mind that he had two on one, so yeah, I was like, I'll let him enjoy his shit for a bit. Then she jumped back over there with you. The part that was hot is when, uh, and I always like it when you do it to me, put me in another girl. She was putting him and you, and you're making that squeaky toy sound <laughs> when you're sliding down on him. I'm like, oh, it's pretty fucking hot. <laughs> I make squeaky noises. <laughs> But we went back to the separate bed after a bit. She crawled back over with me. Now, one thing I was kind of laughing at is she's super athletic, pretty fucking muscular. Very. If, if she was 5'7 or 5'8, she'd probably bent me over because she's pretty fucking athletic. <laughs> but uh, at one point, I had her on her back, and I was off the bed. She was holding on to her boobs, and I had her by one wrist and literally put my dick in her and picked her up with my dick and one wrist. And I was like, look at this. She's hanging like a Christmas ornament. And you're like, hey, that's cool, but you're going to rip your dick off doing that. <laughs> that's when we joined the bed over. We moved over and got in the bed with you guys. Yeah. Because yeah. you guys were hanging off the edge. And so we jumped in the middle of the bed. Yeah. And we didn't realize that she was bisexual. No. Because I'll bring up the story here in a minute. We didn't realize that that was her bit. But as soon as you crawled on the bed, she's like, ooh, sit on my face. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is hot. So she was on her back and I was off the bed going down on her. You were basically in a 69 position with her and the husband was slamming you from behind. Yes, and then she was underneath. Giving you head from bottom yeah. side? Yeah, and possibly giving her husband head. I'm not quite sure, but obviously she was if he was in me. So Yeah, so as as the saying goes, 
do as we say, not as we do. This is one of those situations. So again, I was you can off, do what I do though. Yeah, well, probably don't don't do what I do here. So I was I was giving her head and was kind of stuck a finger in. I think I was kind of G spotting her, and all at once she starts going, "Oh my god, oh no!" and kind of starts squirming her hips. I'm like, "Okay, I think she's fixing to squirt." So I was going to edge her for a few minutes. So again, you and her were in a 69 position. And I raised up to give you a kiss because you're always complaining. I don't pay you enough attention. I do not complain. (laughs) I do not say that. I don't don't give you enough attention while you're with other guys. No, I do not say that. We might be doing separate rooms and beds after this for sure. But anyway, so I raised up from giving her head and go to give you a kiss about the time he thrust forward into you. So I basically end up headbutting you in the fucking mouth. And I'm not talking a little soft headbutt. It was like a UFC smack you in the fucking face. My tooth goes into my lip and so the whole time i felt it and i'm like just shut your mouth don't drip blood everywhere and just enjoy so i just shut my mouth and then about 10 minutes later yeah she you finally go i, I gotta stop i'm fucking bleeding you open your mouth i, said, and just I think you busted my lip and i opened my mouth and blood just gushed down i look like i had been at in a fight or something and this couple's both like oh my god how did that happen <laughs> i said because i went up to give her a kiss and headbutted her now the Funny part is they're both law enforcement, so they're all joking while we're trying to get your lip to quit bleeding. They're like, uh, sorry, we're going to have to write up a report on this. <laughs> we need to document this. And the whole joke was, you know, we're gonna, they're going to give you the abused woman's hotline number. I was like, how would we explain that? That would be hard to explain. So it was good of a time as we were having with them. That kind of put a freaking damper on it from there. Nothing, nothing like a good bloody lip to uh, end your play session. Yeah, exactly. it, it was great. It was great until that point. Yeah, it was we, actually we were, really hot. At- we were going really good until I headbutted you. Then I had to ice my lip. For the next, I'd say, 16 hours, I kept ice on it pretty good. Now, the fucked up part, she didn't give me my white monster after that. <laughs> like, God damn. You didn't deserve I it. Didn't, I didn't earn it after that. Life. I didn't earn it after that. Now, with that said, we talk about safety and stuff like that. So here I am with a busted lip. And so I had to make the decision. I'm bowing out for the week. And I know that you got upset by that just because you're like, oh, man. But, I mean, you respected my decision and you understood I have an open wound in my mouth, so therefore, I'm not going to kiss anyone, and I'm not going to give a blowjob to anyone. Yeah, it caused a bit of a rub. From my side, you know, I I totally understood where you came from, and I, I wasn't underplaying it, because I hit you pretty fucking hard, and it was pretty fucking bloody, but I was like, oh, fuck, we were on our A game. Uh, we were working our system pretty well and having good success, and we had a and bunch had of people. Stuff lined up. And we had a bunch of people that were wanting to play, so, you know, I, I definitely wasn't upset with you. I was just like, you know, I was more upset that, fuck, that... They couldn't have fucked this up any worse than what it did. Yeah. And again, it totally not against you. I mean, you know, you, you brought up from a safety standpoint, you don't need a random dick or a random anything else in your mouth since you have a big open cut. Yep. But it just, it kind of killed what we had going on. So the playrooms that night, they opened up uh, early for tours. Now, when it was time to work the play shifts, they basically told us pick a room. Now we set up the orgy room and it had, I believe, 48 beds in it. After our experience on the cruise ship, we were like, we are not taking the fucking orgy room. Fuck that. (laughs) So we took the, uh, what was it, the blue and white room that had a dozen beds. We're like, hey, we can manage this all day long. And it was quite easy. Um, It was an easy three and a half hour shift. Yeah. It was just watch people play, clean, change sheets, let people get back in bed to play. And you also mentioned that it was a lot smoother and not near as nasty as the cruise ship. I'm not mucking anybody's play, but the sheets were not as nasty as... Some of the stuff we changed not on as, the cruise. Not as many squirters and yeah. not as... It, it seemed a lot more tame. Yeah. You know, for Naughty New Orleans and this being a big convention, it seemed like the play that was going on in there was pretty low-key. Now, in the orgy room, that was a whole different well, situation. Yeah. But we purposely knew better. 
Because we have played in that room. The couple we played with got stuck in the orgy room and they're like, it has been a fucking run all night long. They said, this is madness. Said, That's why we chose not to take it. When we, we when we took a break and we were looking, I saw her like jumping beds and jumping over people like I was on like the cruise ship. Because you have to. I mean, yeah. there's there's 50 beds in there. Yeah. I, I got to say one thing that was really interesting when we were doing the tours. Again, they opened it up uh, an hour or two beforehand. No play. It was neat. Everybody that walked in that w- and was like, oh, my God, this is so clean. It's so beautiful. You know, it kind of made you proud to be part of it. And, you know, yeah. it was neat seeing it start from an empty room up to that. I actually sent my boss some pictures. I said, hey, you want to hear a funny story? I did a presentation for Ford Motor Company in this room once before, and now I'm setting up 50 fuck you- beds. Okay, to clarify, he sent pictures when no one was there. Right. Of just, of just empty beds empty rooms, in, in the lights. Lights and, on. Yeah, I didn't... I didn't send them pictures of people fucking. That would have got me thrown out of the whole damn state. One thing I liked, because we had never walked around the playrooms beforehand, so I didn't, hadn't ever experienced that before when they did the tours. Everyone asked questions. Like, I was a one in with the Sibian and uh, the by room and then the blackout room, the dark room. And everyone was asking questions. Like, and I was shocked how many People were questioning everything. So I thought that was good and interesting. Based on the topic of consent, while I was doing the tours in the orgy room, you know, new people would come in and say, how did this work? And I said, basically walk in and find an empty spot. And they said, what about if I want to play with somebody? I said, just always be polite and say, may I touch? May I do whatever? I said, then take it from there. And I said, you may have to mill around for a little bit and people watch until somebody motions you in. But I said, again, go, it goes back to the ask before you do anything. It's yeah. that simple. But I said, outside of that, you know, whatever, whatever is approved on, get in. When even the, during, when we worked the playrooms, I would say the only issues that I had was one girl was messing with the curtains and I yeah, kind of, she thought she was special. Yeah. And I had to put her in place, but beyond that, I mean, there, everything else was, went really well. Zero attitudes. Yeah. People, you know, somebody tried to tip us for cleaning a bed. It's like, Hey, this is what we do. You yeah. know, it's super cool about it. I'm like, Hey, I appreciate the. You know, the money. I said, yeah, buy us a shot tomorrow when you see us out, you know, have a drink with us, yeah. but just no attitudes. Everybody, everybody there for the most part is there to have fun. And that's what I try to explain to people. 99% of the people at these events are looking for the same thing as you. You have some people that think they're better or people with attitudes, but you know, majority of the people are there to fuck, make friends and have fun. Well, in our room, it was, I mean, I could hear people in the hallway talking cause that's been an issue we've had in the past. Now you put some people in check that were coming in. Yeah, yapping. Did. You just said not here. Take your take your noise to the hall. Yeah, one of them was an ambassador, and I just I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we're not talking out. It's not amateur hour. I mean, keep respect people's privacy. Yeah, but after our first night of work in the playroom, we decided we'd go to IHOP and eat. Yeah, we were still kind of on a little bit of a high from the day everything went down <laughs> your lip, and uh, the single female from the group joined us. Now to backtrack a little, when we had been at the speakeasy, I'm not one to try to hump everything at once. I say, wait, wait, <laughs> hush, hush, hush. We all heard it. Well, yeah, write that one down. It'll come back and bite me. But we were focusing our attention on the couple that we were wanting to both take to bed. At one point, the single woman caught me or I caught her rather, and she and I ended up making out in the hallway. So we knew that she was on the same shift as us. And she had actually messaged, you know, what are y'all doing? And I said, hey, we're at IHOP down the street. And she came and sat with us for about two or three hours. And we had some pretty good intimate chats. You know, she was actually looking at hooking up with both of us. 
Yeah, she was trying to drill a little more about our dynamic and everything. We'd met her on the cruise and just had some off-the-wall talks. There was some attraction, but nothing that really advanced forward. But I think at that point, it was kind of, you could see the handwriting on the wall that we were all looking at possibly playing together with her. So we actually called it a night that night. Like I said, I had bowed out playing with anyone. So Thursday rolls around. Did we work Thursday morning? Yeah, we got our final shift of the week out and they oh, were easy ones and they were easy ones at that point yes they did ask us if we would work the playroom and we were like um we've actually done the playroom three times at this point yeah I was, I was like no no hablo inglés no hablo spanish actual play one no we're we don't know which tess was cool with that after we told her how much we'd actually been in the playroom she's like oh y'all have done your tour of duty now she also brought up there were a lot of people you know, midweek, they were like, oh, I'm just, I'm not going to work that shift. I didn't even know that. Like, seriously, yeah. who does that? You signed on to do a fucking job. And that's what we said about some of the people on the cruise that were skipping out on shit. Um, you get a free fucking cruise and then don't show up to work. That's bullshit. Yeah. which and It's I, not hard. No. And I told her, I said, if you absolutely are shorthanded and you can't find anyone, I will do it before you need to do it. And I told her that. Yeah. Bob and Tess don't need to work the playrooms. No. I'll do it. Well, it would seem like a long shift that morning because we're all tired from the playroom shift the night before and then our late dinner with Jen. But honestly, I had a lot of fun. We met a girl from College Station, Texas, that when she got to talking, she was the girlfriend of some people we knew, attended a bunch of house parties of people we knew, and was kind of almost in the same circle as us on a different side of town. Well, And then she was running around with some of our old friends from this area the rest of the time there. The other thing is the people that we've been meeting as ambassadors are becoming friends. It, it is a little bit of work. But, you know, we got two or three new Facebook friends of people we'll probably go see when we're in their area. It just, it, it's a good time. It is a little bit of work, but it's, it's no different, you know, to us than going to a bar. Hell, we're meeting the people in registration, becoming friends with them and planning trips with them. So it's, it's a fun deal. It was just a bit of a long day at seven the next morning. Yeah. But we knocked it out. And again, early Thursday morning, we were done with our week and had two and a half full days of naughty to conquer from there. So Thursday was the beach party. And the funny thing is, is that I tell everyone, dress because you're going to get wet. There's bubbles everywhere. And it rained. <laughs> yeah, so you're getting wet regardless. <laughs> now, this was the first year that we really didn't emerge ourselves in the middle of all the madness. We usually get right up there in the big dance area or the bubbles or whatever. And this time we walked in and it was packed. And we just hung out in the bar doing shots with friends, basically. Yeah, we were just, uh, we don't want to be in the middle of it today. Again, it goes back to that groove we talked about before. It just it wasn't the same party crowd. The weather kind of dampened it at times. Our work schedules not really dampened it and just changed our views on things a little bit. Well, and we were hanging out with some of our friends because we, we left there and we went and met up with Bob at a different bar for a little bit and played some cornhole, and Bob and I won. Well, I laugh about it and was actually telling somebody, you know, there's 3,000 people and we're partying with 10 people that we're close with, yep. which wasn't a bad thing. Just, you know, we've, we've made some good connections and hookups with these people. <laughs> so it, it wasn't a bad trade-off. No, not at all. And sometimes it, instead of playing the numbers game, it helps just to focus on one certain spe- you know, spectrum of it. Well, like we say, isolate. So we ended up having another lunch with Miss Jen. This time at lunch, you could kind of tell that things were taking a little bit different turn. You know, we talked about our dynamics and what we do and how we do it. This one started getting a little more serious and maybe talking about some potential play. More geared, dynamic play talk. Getting past the, hey, how you doing? What do you do? And do yeah, we want to do, do this together? Play? Yeah. How, do, how would we all fit together? 
So after lunch and hanging out and everything like that, we went back to the beach for a little bit, kind of in between the rain. We did see a bunch of um, craziness in the fountain and stuff like that. Our friends were like, seriously, this happens? And I'm like, yeah, normally it's a bunch of foam and you don't see what's happening in the fountain. But the rain was keeping the foam down, so you had a full view of all the ass-eating going on in the fountain. Yes, it was definitely interesting. You can tell some of the newbies, they're just like, oh my God, you can uh, squeeze in here. And like, we're, we're fine. I don't need to be that close to it. <laughs> and then there were the hardcore ones that wanted the front row seat. Yep. We're just like, yeah, we've seen it. We've seen a lot nastier shit in the playroom, so you go right ahead. <laughs> I'll have to see this again tonight, so you go ahead. So our group left there after that, and we're like, all right, let's go eat, because now we're hungry. <laughs> Well, busted lips and food seem to be the key takeaways of this trip. Yep. We, we ate a lot. Yep. We drank a lot. I think a week of uh, fried foods and whiskey did hell on my physique. It was it was rough. What's hmm. hunt for? And I'm just laughing at you. I didn't think that I ate a lot and drank a lot. I thought I was unchecked. So talking about hanging with the group, we've been running with the IOS, the It's Only Sex group. Uh, Jason, Heather, DJ Taylor time. Yep. They're, I love them to death. Yeah, we've grown close with them over the last couple of years, and yes. they're they're big personalities. The rest of their group is a little bit of a notch down from them, but you get around Jason and Heather, and we're just like, oh, and nothing wrong with them other than they're just they're they're big. And after a bit, we're like, we we need to decompress for a few minutes and then you rejoin need to you. Decompress, oh, I, I love yeah. it. I can't, yeah, well, the three of y'all are spot on. I can't hang with that. <laughs> I'm like, my introvert is kicking in. I need to go decompress and rejoin you here in a minute. Which I did hang out with them a little more by myself this this round than what I have in the past. Yeah, we can get to that. I'm sure you got some stories. <laughs> but there was, what, 12 of us or more that went yeah. to another restaurant, Oceanus, and picked out. Now, I think we all went in there thinking we were a lot hungrier than we actually were. We all had a huge ton of leftovers. Yeah. What was neat was that our waiter was kind of like feeding off of us. And typically, if you have a big group, they put the gratitude like in it where he was like, nope, I know you guys are going to tip me because we asked him and we we're like, you're going to screw yourself. When dinner was over, I think a couple of us really looked at and you know, we're kind of embarrassed by how much food we'd actually wasted. Yeah, you know, we ordered everybody ordered a big platter. You and I have been sharing all week and each ordered something separate. And somebody said something about taking leftovers but wouldn't eat them. And you made the comment, well, give it to one of the homeless people. That's what we do a lot. So we all loaded up two or three boxes worth of food. And as we're walking back, I guess the Florida people aren't used to the homeless scene there like is in New Orleans. And Heather made the comment. She was like, I, I feel all bad for these homeless people, but don't know who to give it to. And there was a mother with, I'm going to say, five kids. And she had the newborn. One of them literally on her tit up to about a probably 11-year-old. So yeah. And probably five in between that. I said, we should probably give it to her. And she was like, would you do it? And I was like, yeah. And so I went over and gave them that. And you know, there was two or three big boxes of food. And then Heather was like, oh, my God, they're eating it. I'm like, well, that's pretty much what these people do. They live on the street. Yeah. And even the one friend of ours that was law enforcement, you know, he's like, uh, he's like, I feel bad because, you know, they're literally just grooming these kids to be nothing. You know, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, what they're going to have to go through, you know, living on the street and hustling, hustling or stealing. And, you know, they had, they had one that was probably, uh, was in the t-shirt was probably two or three Yeah, going up and giving people hugs. And, you know, it's probably going to lead to stealing wallets and shit like that in the near future. It's just, you know, he's like, these poor kids don't have a fighting chance in a situation sometimes. No. It's sad. And that's sad. It's sad. And like I say, it kind of makes you feel, you know, both, both grateful and bad for what you have when you go to an event like that. You know, we're down there blowing money like we're idiots. And, and there's people on the flip side that are. And what's crazy is that these kids have talent. They're the drumming that they do and stuff like that. And the little, you know, 
Some of them will do little tricks or skills and stuff. They're talented. But street hustlers, that's... Yep. Hopefully they get out of that cycle. Anyway, get off the sad topic. After we left dinner, Jason's party that he was supposed to be DJing had already been moved two or three times. I'm going to say something here. The Swamp was supposedly going to host his party, and they had before. Now, the story on the Swamp is they have same management but new owners. When the owner, new owners found out that it was lifestyle people going to host a party there, he said that he absolutely did not want lifestyle people in his club. So until further notice, <laughs> if you go to New Orleans, boy, boycott the swamp. Yep. Fuck them. We ended up back at the, I believe, the Urban Cowboy or the Cowboy Club, something. And we're hanging out there with the iOS group. Now, I was, I was going to bring up the story that uh, when we were in the Cowboy Club, Heather looked at your lip and was like, oh, my God, hun, what happened? And you started in the story. And again, we don't kiss and tell. You're like... Well, we were playing with this couple. I was getting fucked from behind by the husband, and Lee went to kiss me and headbutted me. She's like, okay. And then about 20 minutes later, Heather gave me a hug. She's like, I'm so, I'm so glad you hooked up with Rob and Cindy. And I'm like, I didn't say that. And then she was like, well, I remember on the cruise, you're like, I'm in, you know, I'm crazy about that girl. I want to hook up with her. And she was like, I'm so glad y'all hooked up. And I'm like, I didn't say anything about us hooking up with them. But it's one of those deals. They've seen us with them all weekend, and I have a feeling she knew who we were playing with. Sometimes you're a little more obvious. The fuck I am. You are very you obvious. Remember this part that she's not in the PDA. She actually told me when we were in, in the uh, speakeasy about her kind of being a little bit icy. And she was like, I have to get to know somebody before my kitty wants to get introduced to him or something like that. <laughs> she said, so I had to get to know you before I was just ready to jump on you. I said, okay, well, get to know me then. Yeah. What do you want to know, girl? <laughs> so where were we? That Heather was calling you out oh. about who you're playing. Gotcha. I wasn't the one that told her. I, think no, she just I did not out. tell her. She figured it out. She yeah. knew. You said, you don't think uh, Rob and Cindy told you, do you? I'm like, no, she just, she knows who her people are playing with. Yeah. So after we all got back and took showers, we all ended up hanging out poolside and had music going on and just did, did we even hitting the real parties it feels like we just did little room we, parties and we did a few here and there but they they were really crowded this year and we just weren't feeling the crowd i think we spent more time at the pool this year than we ever have with people and yeah we just actually weren't, we did we were just weren't doing the crowds the big crowds for some reason it was fine we we're still meeting a shit ton of people yeah we met a lot well you and i kind of hit the pool party that night and kind of split off uh Went our separate ways with people. I was hanging out with Jason and his little girlfriend. I started focusing in on Jen a little bit. I know she and I were having a little deeper conversation about play styles. And she's into Dom and subbing both and was kind of asking me. And I don't don't really have a sub side to me, so it was more Dom. But what was funny is along the roofing, there was basically these spikes. I guess people from crawling over the railing. And I had her arms and kind of had them tied up in the railing there, kind of like strapped in. And she was getting a little bit turned on by that. I'm like, oh, this is going a good direction. It was interesting because people that don't interact with us a lot, they don't see, because we don't do PDA. We don't, you know, kiss and tell in public. But you were over there making out with her. And so everyone was kind of watching and they'd be like, kind of. Seeing how you react. Yeah. And I'm just like, whatever. I don't care. I trust him to do what he needs to do and not do what he not doesn't need to do. We have our boundaries. Yep. You know, stay Within them for the most part. And you're giving me a look because you know where the story's going. Yeah. So talk about staying within our boundaries. At one point, she was needing a drink. And I asked you if I could escort her up to the rooms. And you said, yeah. Yeah. I didn't care. I was in a conversation. I don't even remember what it was about now, but. Must have been enthralling if you don't remember. I just don't remember stuff. The hell you don't. I get in trouble and you don't forget that shit. 
<laughs> so luckily I'm not in trouble for this story, but I end up taking her up to the room and you know, I was just wanting to get her away from everybody a little bit and possibly make out and not be totally in everybody's face about it. So we get up the room and we each kind of get a water and stand there and chat for a minute and kiss for just a second. And as we're walking to the door, I basically take her and shove her against the wall and kind of put my arm around her from behind. Now, her being a sub, she takes my arm and wraps it around her neck and starts choking herself, kind of like a UFC choke with my elbow. And I'm like, oh, this chick's pretty fucking serious when she says she's into the sub part. (laughs) But I get a little bit more serious than that and end up basically kind of bending her over and pushing her head in the wall. And basically all I did was take my fingernails and rake it up and down her back. And at one point she kind of starts having this little shuddering, like little orgasm. I'm like, oh fuck, that was easy. And she kind of stands back up and regains her composure. And she was like, oh great, see what you did to me now? I'm like, oh, I wasn't being that serious about it. So for you to go there was uh, something else. But one of our rules is we really don't do any P or V, any penis or vagina outside of with each other and in a bed scenario. But she pulled her panties aside and she's like, you need to feel this. And she was basically just running down her leg. And she was like, now I have to go deal with that. I'm like, well, I have to leave it there for now um, until I get a further confirmation from the uh, manager of mine. <laughs> so we end up going back downstairs and reconnecting with y'all down at the poolside. Yep, we were just hanging out, chit-chatting. But I think I realized from that point on that it was it was a go with her. Yeah, I think you guys had more of a connection than I would say than what her and I did. I don't know. I think she was wanting to tear you apart pretty bad. I don't know. Yeah, I do. You I do? do? Oh, yeah, hmm. I do. I just don't think you reacted on it. Oh, well... I think, anyway. I think she was wanting some Kimmy. Nah. Yeah. We'll see you next time. We called it a, a night after that because that's what it... it what's, what's crazy is we didn't pull all-nighters. We'd no. be like, okay, it's it's midnight. Good night. Yeah. goes back to this thing's a... Pace yourself. Yeah. It's a marathon, not a sprint. We knew we had yeah. two more hard nights. And we we're also kind of thinking that your mouth might be better over the next two. So there might be some late nights involved. Yeah. So you went and worked out the next day and you met me for breakfast... Because our favorite Daisy Duke's breakfast place was open. Yep. And you actually had got a text message from Rob and Cindy and they were joining us. Yeah. And then we got there and we were waiting and the hostess said, hey, do you guys care if you um, share a table? Because I know you guys like to share. (laughs) She remembers us. We've been there enough. And she also brought up the fact she remembered us from being in there at nights when it's rained and stuff like that. And they had to close down early, which was kind of neat. And she hugged us. Yeah. People were looking at us like, do you know the help here? And let's be honest, I'm probably on every video that they have because every time we go in, I show my boobs. Yep. How many pictures do I have of you flashing your boobs and Daisy Dukes? A bunch. At least a half dozen. Yep. It's a given. And the guys at the table, when you flashed them this time, they're like, holy shit, she did just pull out her tits. <laughs> Nobody else noticed. Everybody else was drinking coffee. Yep. But what, we, what I was going with this is it was neat that they just stuck us with a random person. And I think that's the one thing we like about the lifestyle. And we disagree with people when you go to an event like this about not meeting people. Fuck, we met people at, at breakfast. They, we knew they were with us, but they were from uh, Lower Alabama. Yep. So I'm trying to think of the club that's down there, but uh, we knew some of the same people from the area. But again, it's just a, a cool couple we met, and we ran into them a couple of times the rest of the weekend and had some fun chats with them. Yeah, and that's what it's about is you just talk to everyone and meet everyone, and then you have connections. So these people that say, I went to an event like this and didn't meet a single person, I just, even meet a badass introvert, I don't understand how you don't fucking meet people. Yeah. I, I feel like we meet, sometimes we meet more people at breakfast than some of these people do at the whole fucking convention. And maybe that's just because they don't get out of their circle of friends or make an effort to even speak to people. Oh, Hub City Select was the club that we were talking about. Yeah. Down there at Hattiesburg, Mississippi or something like that. Yep. It's actually where our one of our shift leaders was from. Yeah. The bad thing about recording this 
a month later is it's kind of hard to remember all the different parties we went to. Now, some of them we would only stay for 30 or 40 minutes and, you know, bounce back and forth and see who we caught. Yeah. But thinking about the different bar ones, there was the Drinkery, there was Rezu's, which we'll talk about later. The little Cajun one, they had the Zydeco band in that we bounced back to two or three times. Yeah. There was a bunch of different little ones. A lot of the regulars. I just, I felt like we had a different trail of the way we did things this year. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm okay with. Yeah. I like to change it up. Yeah. It didn't feel so regulated. We're just like, oh, let's go over here for an hour. Let's go here for an hour. Let's go I, to a coffee shop off of Bourbon Street for an hour. I get tired of going to the Bourbon Street bars because it's always the same drinks. It's always super loud. And, you know, we went to one little bar about two blocks over. We had like $4 drinks set there and we're able to talk and chat and have That's a right. bathroom. And I'm going to say this has been our best year. We partied a lot harder before, but I just I enjoyed it this year. Yeah, it was, it was definitely different. So one thing that they threw in this year that was missing one a couple of the other years was the big house of blues party that one's always a fun one to hit and it's off off site so you dress up and walk six blocks looking like a freak they had the parade and everyone wore white and they went down canal street so we were not joining that because we can't no just due to our jobs yeah and so we uh, went to the house of blues found us a spot upstairs now one thing that came to my mind is I'm not sure that they gave everybody the instructions on how to or not to get photographed this year. Because there were people talking about being in the parade and like, oh, people are taking our pictures. It's like, yeah, you're walking down Main Street. <laughs> exactly. New Orleans, what do you think is going to happen? I think that probably goes back to use your best judgment, yep. at, like anything in the lifestyle. If, if you're there, there's a chance you're going to be filmed or photographed. Well, sometimes people forget. I mean, they just get zoned in on what they're doing and they forget that. You're in reality. You're in the world. Well, we took the back six blocks to House of Blues, and there were other people doing the same thing. And they said for the same reason, one, they didn't have to wait on the crowds, but two, they're not going to get their picture in the local newspaper for the Lifestyle Parade. Yeah, exactly. But if, if you can, hey, you know, good for you. Represent us well, but it's that's not something we can do. But at the House of Blues, they had, they had bands, and then they had... Aerialists. Yep. And, and rope burlesque. suspension and uh, drag queen. Yes. And he flashed us. He was untucked. I didn't catch that. I know you didn't. <laughs> I, I must have been involved in something else. Yeah. So that was interesting. How the fuck did that happen? How did that happen? What was that story? He did his show, like his dance and everything. And then at the very end, he just pulled his bottoms like pretty much to the side. And <laughs> there was his penis. <laughs> okay. And he had a beard. It was it was just, it was interesting. It was like, just be you, basically. The House of Blues party was fun this year. It was not as packed as previous years, which I think made it a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah. Well, we also had a good spot up there. Now, I had gone to the bathroom and came back, and one of the guys in our group, I'm going to call him Chip. <laughs> I don't know why. Does he seem like a chip? I guess. Okay, go on. But a little salty, I guess. But Chip hit me up and was just like, hey, we're interested in having an orgy with you and... Robin, Cindy, and Jen. With everyone. Which was basically the group we've been hanging with the week. And so I was kind of like, man, I just set up another orgy, but okay. But he had to work the playrooms that night. But the reason we kind of reneged on it a little bit was... This was the younger couple that was bickering yeah, a lot. And it, it wasn't bad. It just you you could tell there was there was a rub between them all weekend. Yeah. And we're like, we this this is some red flags. We're not comfortable that we're gonna play with y'all and 
things are going to go good. We've played with other people in the group and know things are fine, but we can't guarantee that we're going to put you all in the mix and it's going to go good. We have to have Tommy Comfort to play with people for one, but when we start talking about more than one dynamic or more than a two-by-two, we have to really rethink how things may go. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, the reason you didn't know about the band or the dancer is because you and Jen were hot and heavy back there against the wall. Was that me? Yeah, that was you. So that evening took an interesting turn for Mr. Lee. Again, we've had a couple dinners with Miss Jen. She was interested in both of us, contrary to you not catching that. But she popped up at one point and said, hey, I'm babysitting younger girl as well. Let's call her Chipette. Chipette. <laughs> she was like, you have the chance to have three women tonight. And I'm like, boing, that sounds like a fantastic idea. But I also knew that your mouth was in bad shape still. And you're like, you know, you didn't need to be kissing girls or... Well, no, you were like, let's do this. And I said, no, I'm still tapping out because it would, knowing my luck, someone would headbutt me again. Someone would bite my lip. Or, or you would go into kissing someone. Yeah, just or out, kiss out of, hard the or something. And it was almost healed. So I was like, no, Which you I'm were tapped out. You'd gone to the restroom and we were kind of messaging. And I'm just like, okay, that's fine. I was literally like, okay, that's fine. I mean, I was respecting your decision. I'm not going to say I was, wasn't disappointed. But I was like, hey, I, it's my fault. She's got a bloody lip or a busted lip. I'm fine with that. And you came back from the restroom and you said, I'm going to hall pass you. I'm like, no, no. We talk about hall passes pretty frequently. I don't really do them. And you're like, you have a hot 55-year-old that's wanting to jump you. You have a hot 35-year-old that's wanting to jump you. You said, I'm not going to take this opportunity away from you. Well, I just felt like just because I couldn't play wasn't a reason that you couldn't play. Well, we were still kind of having a... Not a heated discussion. I was just like, hey, it's it's not a big deal. I can tap out. And you finally convinced me. You're like, look, I'm in a good place. I, I really want you to do this. I'm doing the, okay, are you sure? You know, I'm not, you're not setting me up for a ambush here if I say yeah. And you're like, no, I, I want you to do this. Then I started kind of getting in my head of, oh, shit, um, I've got two new girls that I've never played with. You know, when I played with you and KB, I know the dynamic. And I'm thinking, fuck, I haven't played with either of these two. How the fuck do I start it? How do I go about it? And I was kind of getting in my head. And you were like, you're doing that shit again where you're overthinking about it. Yeah. Get in there and just play with the girls. But after you gave me permission, I said, here's the deal. You need to go back to each of these girls for me and say, hey, I've given Lee a hall pass. He does have permission. Because I didn't just want to be like, hey, Kim said it's all right for me to go. Which I did. Sold it to both of them. Which uh, Chipette, she just bowed out. She was just like, no, I'd rather wait for Chip. And I didn't know that till we got back to the hotel. Yeah. Because we were all walking. You know, I was like, okay, let's go. Well, Jen was trying said, to set you up with something, I yeah. think, is what, what happened Well, because me and Chipette had, had exchanged a couple messages on Facebook, and she was actually kind of, well, Jen had said that she was like, you, you bitch, you're going to get him before me or whatever. And she said, you know, she's interested in you. But then when it came down to it, she bowed out. As we were walking back to the hotel, I didn't know this. So we get back to the hotel, and you're like, it's just going to be you and her. Chipette has tapped out. So then I got the joy of babysitting Chipette the rest of the night. So on the babysitting, why don't you go ahead and tell that story before we get into mine? Well, we went to the poolside to hang out, and then our friends didn't show up. So she, I guess, messaged them, and they were like, hey, we're in the room. And I know that they party in the room and stuff. So we went into the room. Little did I know we were walking into a sex party. <laughs> they were A sex party, a lifestyle event? What kind of shit right? is this? And so you and I hadn't talked about it. And they were like, oh, so Lee has a hall pass. So do you have a hall pass? And I was like, no, you know, I'm not, I'm not playing. And then they were like, kind of giving me a hard time about it. 
and about my lip and stuff because they knew. And I was like, no, I'm just, I'm really out. And so we sat there, but Chipette kept talking and talking and talking. And so I was thinking they were just finishing up and then we were going to go to the poolside like, oh no, then more people will show up. So I'm like, all right, I think I'm going to (laughs) go. I was like, awkward. You should have stayed there. That sounds like it'd been a good story. Yeah, it got really awkward. Well, if Chiffette wasn't talking, I would have stayed there and just hung out. But if she wasn't talking, what does that mean? She was being very loud and talking. And so one of the wives was getting a little frustrated. <laughs> you didn't tell me that part. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we left and then we went down to the main uh, ball area where they're having the parties and just kind of talked with people, milled around. So how was it babysitting someone your own age? She's younger than me. (laughs) Not much, though. (laughs) It was okay, but she just kept, you know, wanting to talk to some of of her other friends, and I was just not, eh, I'm over this. I just want, so finally I was just like, I'm going to go back to the room and go to bed. I think I was in bed by midnight, (laughs) because you two showed up at the door, what, around one? Anyways, now you can talk about your night. Sounds like yours was more fun. (laughs) Yeah. No, mine went good. You basically took me up to her room and handed me off and you gave her a kiss and said, all right, have fun with them, which I'm still not totally adept to the playing without you bit. We've covered that in a couple episodes. I know I have before and it shouldn't come as a shock, but it still feels weird to me. That, but I think you wanted to play with her alone though. Oh, I was, I was actually more glad to play with her without the other girl, without Chipette, just cause she's alpha and I knew there's got to be a lot of attention paid to her. And, again, I wasn't sure how I was going to react with two new girls that were totally strangers to me. So it, that kind of took the pressure off. And I was really glad that it worked out that way. So you hand me off to her and she and I start making out a little bit, which I'm basically just standing against her TV and making out. And she pulls down my shorts, which I'm already rock hard. And instead of sucking on me, she's basically just biting on my thighs and clawing on them for a bit. Which, after a while, I'm like, okay, she's playing the teasing game and this shit's getting old. So I basically pick her up and throw her to the bed, which I think that surprised her that I was able to fling her like a doll. I think you always surprise everyone when you can do that. <laughs> They're not quite used to that kind of strength. So I start doing my usual bit of going down on her and keep going down on her. And at one point, I crawled up and was kissing on her, and she said, you know, let's do something else. And I said, oh, no. I said, I'm doing this for my pleasure, not yours. I said, honestly, I don't care if you get off. I'm enjoying it. And she's like, oh, you're a fucking asshole. I said, yeah. It was it was kind of interesting to see the power exchange back and forth, or try, because she's still trying to play the dom role, which that's short-lived with me. Yeah, I wonder if she's used to having a partner kind of like you are. I don't know, but she still wanted to play aggressive. I have to say, she probably played more aggressive than most have. You know, we talk about a lot of them that you laugh that I like try to break the alpha girls. You know, she tried to play the alpha role a lot longer than most do. I have to say something that I found odd, and I'm not sure I told you that, but structurally and kind of physically between you and her, y'all are a lot alike. Y'all's pussies are a lot alike too, which was kind of odd when I was going down on her that literally the same things I do to you, same spots, same feel, was, you know, reacting the same way with her. You don't get that a lot. It's a good thing, though. It, it felt familiar. We brought you up quite a bit in conversation, too. What about me? Just, again, similarities and how you would have fit in good with us the way we are playing. I did feel bad the next day is she brought up the fact that I bruised her pretty bad, which I can't say I've ever bruised a woman, but she was showing me on her inner thighs where she had bruises, basically where she was trying to squirm around and get away, and I was being a little forceful and holding her down. Which, well, but she bruises easy. Yeah, and it's not like I was beating on her. And I'm always very leery of that. That's another thing. At one point, she was scratching on me. 
And I was like, Ooh, that feels good. And she's like, Oh, I better quit. And I said, why is that? She's like, I don't want to send you back to Kimmy looking like hamburger. And I was like, Oh no, fuck me up. Go ahead. (laughs) But she said some women get pissed when she sends a husband back and he's all chewed up from her. Yeah. She was real careful about everything like that. And then even she walked you back to our room and just checked in and make sure I was okay, which I was just like, I'm going to bed. I don't care what happened. I'm tired. <laughs> when she finally started going down on me, she broke out some coconut oil. It was basically giving me a hand job and going down on me. And at one point she started rubbing my asshole and I kind of started squirming around. And she's like, oh, I, I, I should have asked. I'm like, oh, no, no, keep going, keep going, keep going. And she's like, oh, some guys get edgy about that. I'm like, no, no, you're fine. Just do what you want down there. But we really didn't fuck that Wait, long. on your asshole? Yeah. She started rubbing my asshole. Hmm. What's that huh, for? No, no, I'm just... I was like, oh, no, you can go ahead. Do whatever you want. That's interesting. I didn't know that. What do you do now? Some food for thought. Hmm. One other thing is kind of like when I stand you on your head and eat you out. I did that to her, and she's like, oh, I'm not as young as these girls are used to. I can't do that for very long. I'm like, come on now. You're not in that bad of shape. <laughs> but we didn't end up fucking that long, and... She really wanted to cut it short. She's like, you know, I don't want to keep you all night and have Kimmy upset with me that we pulled an all-nighter. And we finished it up pretty soon. And she walked me back to the room and kind of sat in bed with you and chatted. I think reconnected with you and made sure everything was cool. Yeah. So I've been wanting to ask you, why would you not go with us and direct or watch? I think that kind of, from my side, makes me a little edgy that you don't want involved in any way, shape, or form. Well, I just, I wasn't playing, so therefore I'm not going to go and sit and twiddle my thumbs. You could have twiddled your diddle. (laughs) Well, but I mean, even if I would have sat over there in the corner, you would have felt like you needed to come over there to me to make sure I was okay. And I don't know what my dynamic would be with another unicorn outside of KB because I know our dynamic. And so we've built up, you know, a long history with her where with another unicorn, I, it will be a new dynamic and I've got to be very comfortable because that's not something I go after. And I had a busted lip, so there was no point in me even trying to go in there or be involved in it. Well, that's interesting. Cause you know, I, I asked you before, does it bother you? Or are you jealous or is it, you know, you, you don't want to know. I'm, yeah, when we came back and was reconnecting in bed, that's the first thing I, I asked you is how how much details do you want to know? Because I, you know, it, we've had this conversation before. I don't know if I could turn you loose to a guy that we don't know. You know, we got guys that we played with or that we're friends with that I'd, I'd allow, but I don't know if I could. I'd, I'd give you the same opportunities you gave me. Well, I asked you for details and what all happened. You know, when you said that to me, I just said whatever you're comfortable with telling me. I'm not jealous by it or anything because I know what you're going in there for. Well, it's one of those deals that you give me freedom to do, but on the backside, you know, I want to make sure that I'm covering all my bases with you where you have comfort with what's going on. If I wasn't comfortable with it, you wouldn't do it. Fair enough. Well, when we got back to the room, you and her had made mention that Tess was looking for people to work the playrooms. And I was like, fuck that. She actually went down and worked the playroom. So I felt kind of dejected. I'm like, hell, you wore my ass out. And I was like, you, on the other hand, were still raring to go. And she said, yeah, I really regretted going to work the playroom after I left your room. <laughs> she thought she had energy. Yeah, she said it was a nightmare when she got down there and got stuck in the orgy room. So that was the end of Friday and leads us into Saturday, the last and final day of the event. I was trying to think Saturday. Did we do anything Saturday morning? We just kind of slept in, didn't we? I must say we had to. I don't think I went to the gym that morning. But we probably went and got coffee and ate. It's really coming to blur at that point. That's the other thing. You're there five or six days. It all blurs together. Yeah, which I do know Saturday was the IOS party at the is it Urban Cowboy? Something Cowboy. Bourbon Cowboy, maybe? It had Cowboy in the name. That's all I remember. And they played country music. Jason well, did Well, Jason didn't. 
Jason played his normal mix of stuff. Yeah. Always a good time. I had fun. Yeah, the only only bad thing is they put him up at the same time as the Razoos, which Jason's parties all in the past have always been happening. Oh, they're and crazy. Razoos is a good party, but it, it you know it killed his. Everybody wanted to go see the Miss No Swimsuit. Yeah, which I absolutely we went a couple of years, and then after that, I'm okay with not going because it's so packed in there. I hate the Razoos location for that. We were curious what the crowd was, and actually left Jason's party for a bit and did a walkthrough and. Ran into people we had known and met some new people, but we're also just like, it's so fucking packed and so loud. You can't even see the contest yeah. unless you're there when the doors open. And then as soon as the contest was over, everyone Yeah, because there's nothing else there. I mean, yeah. that's, that's literally the draw. Yep. As soon as the contest was over, then everyone moved over to where Jason was, and then it started picking up, and they had a twerk contest, and so we had a good time. We had fun. Jason's music was off the chart. We went upstairs, and we rode the bull. I didn't. Fuck that. I got enough A lot of damage. our girls did. They kept asking why I wouldn't do it. And I was like, because I have made that mistake before. And you regret it the rest of the week or yes. rest of the month because you're beat up. Yes. And then you have huge bruises and everything else. And I'm like, no, the no- I know better. The novelty wears off real quick after yes. you get dumped on your head. The girl we played with, her little muscle thighs, though, she about broke that damn thing. Yeah. We watched one girl ride the bull backwards. Was that, that was, was that interesting. The Asian girl? No, I don't remember. But she jumped on there and was holding the tail of it and was riding... <laughs> Reverse cowgirl, I guess. (laughs) But then that night was Mardi Gras night. Which is kind of the finale for the whole event. Did we dress up? No, we didn't. We didn't that night, did we? Did we any night? White night. Oh, white night. We really let down on that. We've done it before. I can't say that we waited too late to commit to this. We just were just like... Part of the deal was is we weren't sure when we would work. And so we didn't want to take a bunch of stuff in our suitcase. We made that mistake on the cruise is we had all these great outfits and then had to work playroom every freaking night. And then we night. were disappointed. So we just kind of went low key. Which there were a lot of people that were under underdressed too. Yeah. We saw some really cool outfits too. Yeah. I feel like Saturday we were in bed even earlier. We were. And I was kind of disappointed in that Saturday because again, the mouth issue was in still in bad shape, but we had so many propositions that... Yeah. Just popped up. Uh, people being like, hey, let's, and we're like, we just, we're going to pass. Plus we were freaking exhausted. It, it was a long week. That's what's crazy is on Saturday when we kind of got away from our group, we met a lot of people and a lot of people were hitting us up, but we were just like, we're already tired at this point. If we would have met you earlier in the week, there's a possibility. And that's usually the way it goes. We always say you have to snag it up when you're ready, but this one, they <laughs> seem to show up late. Yeah. And I can't say that we we're up our friends' butt so much that we miss things because I, I really don't feel that way. But there at the last when we were kind of milling around, it's like, oh, shit, we could have hooked up with these people. And we had some people that kind of out of the blue we were talking to from here in Texas. And we walked away from them. And you're like, were they propositioning us roundabout? And I said, yeah, because I, I made the joke about touring room 1214. And she came back and she's like, so really 1214? I'm like, oh, yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> And we see them at parties here and have never really hit it off with them before. Yeah. And we're like, oh, shit, they're suddenly acting like they want to hook up. Yeah, it was it was very interesting. And then we met a hot redhead that was trying to get us to go to Colette with her and yep. and ended up messaging us and just uh, just one after the other. And we're like, Where, why is this shit happening all at once? But that, that was, again, that was the bad part. We were on our A game for this one and making the rounds and meeting people. It's just extracurricular stuff that fucked things up. Yeah. And I, I have no regrets. I mean, it, it was a great trip and it sucked that I busted your freaking mouth, but... It's still an amazing trip. Yep. But we finished that night at the pool for an hour or so, and Miss Jen was there again. And I think at that point, we are just like, we're so freaking tired, we're, we're calling it a night. Yep. And I think everybody else did, from what I heard, everybody else did too. 
within our group. Yeah. Well, luckily we didn't have to do the teardown because we did the setup. And just for giggles, we were walking through the playroom areas at eight or nine the next morning, see if we saw any of our friends. And it was literally stripped bare yeah, by 9 a.m. the next morning. It was crazy. Bob and Tess, I mean, they put a lot of hard work into this. This is an event that you definitely need to go to at least once and check it out. Okay, we're going to finish on a not-so-pleasant note that popped up afterwards. Basically, what's happened is we had someone reach out to us on Instagram that was also at Naughty, and they said, what about this sexual assault that occurred in the playrooms? Now, we were ambassadors a couple nights in the playrooms. We have a bunch of friends that worked every night in the playroom. We didn't know anything about this. We started reaching out to other people that were involved in it, and not a single person that we knew knew anything about this. With that said, we're not saying an assault did not happen. We're saying that it was not widely known or public or a big broadcast like what has been said on other podcasts. Yeah, I'm going to say that's where a lot of this started going bad is podcasters started getting involved. The person that reached out to me basically sent me another podcaster's TikTok and on this other person's on this other podcaster's TikTok, they are saying reasons I'll never return to Naughty New Orleans is there was a sexual assault. Bob and Tess did nothing about it. Bob and Tess were allowing people to film. So on so on. And Bob and Tess have done a lot for this podcaster. As well as as well as most all the podcasters. Yes. And I keep saying without Naughty in New Orleans, most of these podcasters don't have anything to offer. And I think this is really where this situation has gone wrong. Now, the person that uh, brought this to my attention, you know, I couldn't find anything on it. After the people we talked to in the playrooms that worked it couldn't tell us anything about it, she sends me a Reddit thread. And basically one of the podcasters starts off of, well, we extensively interviewed the victim. And what happened is, well, according to uh, the thread is what happened is it was basically a wrong whole situation. This guy ended up in this girl's ass. For a couple strokes, she told him to stop. From the messages that have been seen, is it seemed like he did stop. Now, we will always side with the victim, and you trolls can take that any way you want, but basically what it sounds like is he ended up in the wrong hole, took a couple strokes, she said quit, he stopped. Now, the way the podcasters are blowing it out of proportion is he anally assaulted her and should be labeled a sex offender and not allowed back to events. Now, part of my deal on this is while I side with the victim, did these podcasters interview the, the person well, who was accused? And I, w- I will say this. Being a sexual assault survivor, I am not interviewing with a podcaster about my assault. Yeah. I mean... Why, why the fuck I, are you not talking to the police if you truly feel yes, it was a sexual assault? I'm going to be talking to the police, and I would, I'm going to be talking to Bob and Tess. Well, Bob, Bob and Tess will... Probably be my first or second one. Yes, and they're very big on consent. But they'll be involved with the police, I can assure you. Yes, and it will be shut down. Like, it's not something that's going to be taken lightly. In my opinion, that's where a lot of this took a bad turn, is podcasters starting to get involved, needed something to talk about. Again, if, if somebody was truly sexual assaulted, this person should be outed and not allowed back at events. But there's so much gray area. Even in this Reddit thread that I've seen pictures of, when they got text messages from the person that was accused, you know, he was basically like, Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was going on like this. 
so on. And you know, the the way everybody else is making it out to be is he basically held her down and anally raped her. Now, I, I feel bad for the person that's traumatized, and they said that they couldn't come back to the event and had to leave because of that. Yeah. Now, I, I, I don't know how else to respond to that. but Yeah, that's a hard one on the couple just because, I mean, they need to process it. They need to discuss stuff together. They don't need to be talking to the podcasters about this. They need to, as a couple, figure out where their heads are. They don't need someone else telling them where they need to be with this. But for the, even if we never were to do an ambassadorship or a podcast, we would still pay to go to Naughty New Orleans. You know, I, I don't believe that Bob puts anybody's safety at risk where we would be supporting him, you know, supporting something we didn't believe in. So for us to see all these podcasters that Bob has laid out the red carpet for over the last 10 years and, you know, Honestly, a lot of these podcasters, without going to Naughty New Orleans and telling everybody they're podcasters, they don't have much to offer. So for them to blast Bob publicly like that is total bullshit. All right, you're starting to get a little ranty, so you okay. better cut her off. Anyway, finish her there. So anyway, give your quick uh, lowdown. What was our final thoughts on Naughty New Orleans this year? It was definitely a different group, a different vibe than what we've seen over the last several years. All in all, I think we had a good time. Did some new new adventures, and unfortunately, and don't kiss anyone when you're trying to do a puppy pile. Headbutting your wife while she's getting fucked from behind is not a good scene. <laughs> I, th- I think I'll leave that one off my MO from now on. Yes, exactly. that, that way I don't turn up on any Reddit or TikTok threads. That's exactly. If anyone got assaulted, it was me. <laughs> yeah, let those, let those podcasters go on about that. So anyway, guys, we'll see you next time. Let's go Flamingo. Thank you for listening. Please reach out to us and let us know your thoughts. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can find us on Twitter at SwinginFlamin1. We are on Instagram as Swinging Flamingos. We can also be found on Facebook as Swinging Flamingo Podcast. Be sure and check out all the other great shows on Full Swap Radio. And be sure and grab our sexy merch available on FullSwapShop.com. And as always, let's go Flamingo! Flamingo!